Hello everyone and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. It's us. We're back. Hope you enjoyed our very long, very fun conjuring special last week. Yes. Emily does not have to work alone this week. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be really short. <laughs> it's going to be really short. But today's theme is Lodge. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of went a more camping route for this one because I wanted to. I definitely made a stretch with mine, so. I feel like we always do, so no one's surprised. Listen, at least I sort of tried to get it. Like, you kind of have to make a stretch sometimes. Especially with these word generator words, which this one is. Sometimes it's just rough. Yeah, it's hard. Anyway, um, Emily, how are you feeling today? Today, tis the season. I feel... (laughs) Like an old Christmas tree. It's lost all of its pine needles. You feel bad for it. It's not even like Charlie Brown worthy. It's like you look at it wrong and it catches fire. That's me. I feel that. I very much feel that. Reminds me of that Mythbusters episode where they tested like how flammable Christmas trees are. They're very flammable. They like sprayed in hairspray. Did you, do you see that one? I vaguely remember it. I should look it up. I love Mythbusters. Mythbusters is good. How do you like, feel? <laughs> for me, I, I'm i back at it with my leg pain, right? Uh-huh. So I don't know if everyone has seen or read the new Hunger Games that came out, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. There was a part in the beginning. I think you were going to use the same one I was going to use. <laughs> where this guy saws off a leg of a corpse in the street because his family is starving Uh and like runs away with it that is my leg he sawed it off i was not dead i'm still here there's a family feasting on your leg somewhere yeah Yeah. hope it's good yummy (laughs) ew it's probably not there's probably so much birth control in that leg (laughs) it's just chock full of hormones they're gonna get sad from eating it (laughs) get sad and emotional they're like what is going on you're like, what is this mood swing and brain fog? <laughs> Why am I in pain? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, that's not how endo works. Just, no. It's you just don't want to spread false <laughs> false accusations. Anyway. Correct. Uh, let's get into this disclaimer before things get too weird. Yeah. This podcast contains sensitive materials such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics. Listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with our microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be in the show notes. So, Emily... Today, I'm going to tell you about the Wells Gray Park Burners. Okay. Any bells? No, not off the top of my head. Very good. Very I, good. <laughs> I don't think I heard of this one before I found it. Uh-huh. The same with next week's episode. Actually, I don't know when these come out. Yeah, anyway. it'll be that order. Okay. That's fine. Anyway. Yeah, it's fine. She'll buff out. I haven't heard of either of them, which is, like, pretty good. Uh-huh. I like finding ones like that. All right. So, a nice summer camping trip. A way to get away from the bustle of life and reconnect. The Johnson and Bentley family, three generations, 
decided that heading up to Wells Gray Provincial Park would be a perfect summer getaway. What they couldn't have known is that their trip would have a stalker. Someone that knew the land and its many back roads. Someone that saw the family camping. David Shearing. So, Bob and Jackie Johnson, they're two... <laughs> Johnson. Did you just connect that? Yes. <laughs> I, Generic listen, last name. I was so dizzy when I was researching last night. So, I hope this is okay. She'll buff out. I was really tired and didn't want to do it. So, Same. we'll see. We did really good this week. Yeah. Um, Bob and Jackie Johnson, their two daughters, Jeanette, age 13. I think it's Janet, actually. Sorry. And Karen, age 11, and Jackie's parents, George and Edith Bentley, went on a camping trip to Wells Gray Provincial Park on August 2nd, 1982. Located in British Columbia, Wells Gray Provincial Park boasts dense forests and a spectacular waterfall, as well as some of the most rugged terrains you can find. Absolutely beautiful. When Bob did not return to work when he was supposed to on August 16th, people probably assumed that the family may have gotten lost or something in the park. Although people searched, the park was just too rugged, too dense to be able to do a thorough search. So it wasn't until September of that year that a mushroom picker happened upon a burned out vehicle, similar to the one that the missing family had been driving, and reported it to the RCMP. I don't know. When he got back to town. Mm-hmm. I need to move. Ugh. Okay, sorry. No, you're okay. When the police found and searched the burnout car, they discovered the remains of the missing family. The four adults were in the car and the two children were in the trunk. All had been killed with a 22 caliber gun. What they did not find was the other vehicle that the family had taken with them, a 1981 Ford camper truck. And quite a lot of time and effort was made to locate this vehicle. Police did a reenactment of the crime that was broadcast on Canadian national television and even drove a replica of the truck across Canada in hopes of generating some tips. That's crazy. Right? I've never heard of this happening. I think I actually have heard of this case. Probably. I think it was a stolen truck that, like, connected it Mm -hmm. for me. Because I think I saw it on, like, a... Like a true crime show. Something like that. probably. And it was, like, Canadian-specific crimes. Yeah. Embarrassingly for the police, in 1983, (laughs) the truck was found quite close to where the burned-out car was found. Oh, dear. The truck, too, had been set on fire. It was on Trophy Mountain near Clearwood River as the crow flies only a few kilometers from where the car was. Uh. (laughs) That's embarrassing. The police were criticized heavily for this blunder. They wasted a lot of time and money with the reenactment and replica of the road trip. It was a gamble that just didn't work out. Police helicoptered the truck out of the park where it was sent to a lab for further analysis, but it did not yield any more clues. Just uh, Just as almost an afterthought, someone mentioned to the police that local David Shearing had inquired about re-registering a Ford pickup and repairing a hole in the door. Police hadn't made public knowledge that the burned pickup had a bullet hole in the door. You're... What? How do you miss that? I don't know. It also reminds me of that vine where, like, 
the police officer has the bear, the cardboard cut out of the bear. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I'll have to show it to you okay. later. He's, they're, like, recreating it, and they're moving it. Like, oh it's walking, but it's literally a cardboard cutout of, like, a grizzly bear. So, on November 19th, 1983, David Shearing, age 24, was arrested in Dawson Creek, B.C., during his interrogation, David Shearing confessed to the killing of the family. He stalked them and attacked the adults while they were relaxing by the fire using a pump-action 22 caliber rifle. He kept the girls alive for a week, and he raped one of them, and then killed them as well. On August 16th, David shot Karen in the back of the head. The next day, on August 17th, he killed Jeanette the same way. Janet, sorry. That's so sad. It is really sad. And, like, the fact that, like, he waited so long, he stalked them for so long, killed the adults immediately, and then kept the girls for a week. That's so it's scary. horrifying. Especially like, because they're little, and it's like, they just watched their parents die. And, like, the fact that their last week on Earth was just horrific and terrifying is yeah. heartbreaking. He's a terrible person. Rock. On April 16th of 1984, David Shearing pleaded guilty to six counts of murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole for 25 years. Quote, a cold-blooded and a senseless execution of six defenseless and innocent people, a slaughter that devastated three generations in a single bound. What a tragedy. What a waste. And for what? This is what the judge said. Uh-huh. I love judge quotes. I love when they're, like, so against the killer. It's like, yes. Do you remember that one case where at the killer's funeral, the priest was like, he's not (laughs) in a better place? He's not in a better place, and the family was there. Oh, my. It was only the family that was there. Yeah. I think about that once a week. Oh, That priest really was like, yeah, no. He's terrible. He, he is not in a good place right now. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, that was during um, October, if you guys want to find that episode. Anyway. That feels like so much longer ago than October. I know. Anyways. Uh, in Canada, what that means is that you stay in jail for 25 years, and at that point, you can apply for parole. If the parole board doesn't think you should be let out, then you stay in jail and can apply again every two years. Really weird system. Okay. Um, David Shearing applied for parole in September 2008 and was denied. (laughs) He still has violent sexual fantasies and didn't complete any sexual offender treatment. He applied again in 2012 and again was denied for the same reasons. In 2014, he applied but withdrew his request for release. In September of 2021, he applied for parole again. He told the parole board that he had sexual fantasies, including rape and murder, from when he was in his mid-teens. Jeez. When he saw the family's vehicles parked near the campground, he began stalking them. He said that he was only interested in Janet. He murdered the adults because they were in the way. Quote, I saw them as just a means to an end. I saw the four adults basically as being in the way of what I wanted at the time. It was just Janet as far as what I was thinking, and Karen just happened to be there. He was the only one who he sexually assaulted. Oh, dear. 
Um, Tammy Arshkunov? I have no idea. <laughs> Who launched the Change.org petition that has more than 100,000 signatures urging the board to refuse parole was a friend of Janet's. Oh, that's so nice. It's really sweet. Um, How old was she? Janet? Uh-huh. Let me see. 13. 13. Oh. And then her sister was 11. I knew they were little. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. Quote, six people died because he wanted them dead. He is the same sick, uh, brutal, callous, remorseless monster that he was in 1982. He showed no mercy for my friend. So Tammy said. Get him. Let him rot. Seriously. Good for her. Yeah. David did apologize to the families, whatever, no. <laughs> and said that he better understands the pain and suffering that he's caused now. Whatever. As if. The board has also told that, uh, the board was also told that David works in the prison chapel and has been attending his sex offender treatment. No. That's all I have Put to Put him say. in solitary. <laughs> The Just board no. once again denied his parole, stating there are overwhelming negative aspects in your case. <laughs> <laughs> the gravity and severity of your offending is of the utmost level. It was yeah. very violent and it devastated so many people. When we look at your assessed risk, together with your diagnosis of sexual sadism, which largely, largely remains unchanged, the most appropriate place for you to make gains is in the safety and security of the institution. Amen. They said you're staying there. Lock him up. So for now, David Shearing, who has changed his name to David Anus, will remain in prison. At least for another two years when he can apply for parole again. Denied. This system is really weird to me. Yeah. At least they keep denying him. I know. They're like... They're like, no... <laughs> And, like, for the first, like, several times, he was like, yeah, I haven't done anything, and I don't feel bad. And they're like, girl, what? No. What? You have to the stay fact, there. Yeah, that he was, he kept going, like, yeah, I still have these fantasies. And like, I have since my mid-teens. Like, okay, that's not gonna help you get out. Like, I'm glad you're saying that so you can stay in, but, like. And he, like, just randomly explains in 2021 why he did it. Yeah, Before no. then, he didn't say anything. Dude. These, what? These killers, man. I'm like, y'all don't make any sense. Well, that's all I have. Pretty short, but for six murders, it's a lot. Yeah, that's six murders. Like, in three generations. The parents, the grandparents, and the kids. It's so sad. It's insane for no reason. Yeah. He's disgusting. Amen to that. So, switching gears a little bit, I'm going to talk about Fairmount Banff, Banff Springs, yes. Canada. I can't speak English, Banff. and there's a lack of vowels in that word. Yes. Okay. So, the National Historic Site of Canada, the Fairmount Banff, Banff, whatever, Springs, <laughs> has been a shining example of Canadian hospitality from its inception. William Cornelius Van Horn, the general manager of the Canadian Pacific Railway, first considered construction, constructing a grand hotel in the Canadian Rockies when several employees of his railroad stumbled across several mineral springs in 1883. Noticing, the opportunity, noticing a great opportunity to facilitate travel along the Canadian Pacific Railway, 
Van Horn immediately set about constructing a grand dame that would be one of the world's most luxurious. As such, he commissioned blueprints for an impressive hotel that would be situated at the convergence of the Bow and Spray Rivers. Architect Bruce Price led a design team who relied upon the chateauesque style architecture. Ooh. And it's beautiful. I want to go. I want to live here, Emily. I want to go to Banff so bad. It's, it's so beautiful. Stunning. It's beautiful. Um, so construction commenced in 1886 and concluded some two years later. As soon as it, uh, as soon as it debuted as the Banff Spring Hotel in 1886, it rapidly became one of the top three mountain resorts in North America. Oh, wow. So I kind of went a little different route with Lodge. I was like, Lodge is a place you stay and this one just happens to be located in one of the most beautiful forests in the whole world. So we'll go with that. (laughs) No, it works. Yeah. Um, so from 1900 to the 1920s, several adjustments were made in order to update the hotel and its offerings to keep its long-standing status. Among the first construction projects undertaken around the time was the development of the hotel's iconic 11-story tower. Wow. Designed by architect Walter Painter, it possessed an amazing array of woodwork and limestone native to Alberta. Yet much of this work was significantly compromised when an accident afflicted the entire hotel in 1926. Oh, no. Uh, Fortunately, the engineer of the Canadian Pacific Railway, John W. Orock, restored the hotel back to its former former glory. He managed to unify uh, the appearance of the Banff Spring Hotels, giving it the current facade that is on display today. The hotel continued to endure through the Great Depression of the 1930s, Although its stature never diminished, diminished. I can't speak English today. I'm sorry, everyone. It continued to host countless luminaries from throughout the world, including King George and his wife, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, That's during so their sick. royal tour of Canada in 1939. It's the most beautiful hotel lodge I've ever seen. Like, please Google it if that's not what you're doing right now. I am doing that right now. Stunning. It's like, people get married here, and I understand why. Like, <gasps> the backdrop. Well, Chef's maybe Macy should get married there. You both could. She, like, most of her mission was in Alberta. Oh, okay. Which is what you just said. Yeah. Canada's just pretty anyways, but, like... Is that it? It is. <gasps> right? It just, like, it stands it up. It looks like a castle. Yes, it stands up out of, like, the beautiful, like forest mountain range and it's just stunning it's so slick it even looks gorgeous in the snow okay we have to go there yeah that's so much nicer than the places we usually cover it's stunning (laughs) we usually cover like the scariest little houses and stuff i know well i love the scary little houses too like sally house sally house is so ugly ew and the lizzie borden house yeah rotting this place is like 300 dollars a night (laughs) that's actually less than i was expecting right like the queen that's not bad visited here in 1939 that is like when it's like a hotel that's an experience i feel like that's totally worth it yeah well people go just to like look at the inside like you kidding me i would live there so is it really haunted (laughs) yes (laughs) amazing i'm gonna get through a little more history macy doesn't need to know that it's fine it's fine macy close your ears yeah. We're going. So, the Banff Springs Hotel briefly shut down in 1942 as a result of scarcity of labor in, 
in World War II. Mm-hmm. It would not reopen until the war ended in 1945. Wow. Though it took most of the 1950s and 60s to reclaim its former status as one of the re- greatest resort getaways. The war had not completely ruined the hotel's charm. Significant changes to the hotel, which adapted it to economics of the era, provided it with new life. A pivotal point came in the 1970s, as this was when the Banff Springs Hotel began to stay open year-round, offering guests a bevy of new winter activities. More renovations and expansions were done a decade later, providing guests with the most cutting-edge accommodations. That's interesting that it was seasonal before. Yeah. Well, it's so cold up there. That's true. It is really, really cold. It probably wasn't practical before, like, centralized heating. Yeah. It was just freezing because it's just limestone. Like, ugh. Um, so a few famous people who have stayed here. Marilyn Monroe. Sick. Joe DiMaggio. Do you know that Marilyn Monroe had endometriosis? Same. She's a queen. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying same like we don't know. (laughs) I say same to everything, though. Sorry. Just continue. No, you're fine. Um, Bobby Locke. Princess Patricia of Connaught, Queen of Victoria, of Queen Victoria of the United Kingdom, Prince Arthur, Queen Elizabeth, King Edward, King George, and so on. Like, that's so many. Stunning. Wow. Yeah. I want to go. At least just to look around. I know. Like, can you just let me walk around the halls for a second? I'll save up. Exactly. It'll be fine. Then I need to get a passport. That'd be a sick anniversary trip yeah that would be so fun i just want to go to canada in general though yeah it's nice yeah i haven't been but i want to i want to too so switching gears it's haunted that's why it's on our list yeah you're wondering (laughs) why we're talking about this beautiful hotel this is why so I'm just going to break it down into, like, haunted spots. Yeah. So there's the secret room. Ooh. During the construction of the original wooden hotel, there was a significant error from a contractor. A room was built with no windows, no doors, which wasn't even shared with the hotel owner. Like, they accidentally <laughs> built a room and was like, don't We're tell anyone. going to seal it off. The room was only discovered after a fire broke out in 1926. Since then, apparitions are often seen roaming the hall outside this room. It's like, why, they're like, why can't we go in? <laughs> excuse me or maybe that's where they live and then you see them coming and going it's a little portal that's if so you're funny. Sam and Colby, it's a little portal it's a <laughs> <laughs> everything's a portal yeah the next one is the burning bride this one was Ooh. my favorite one it's sad but oh stories suggest <laughs> yeah stories suggest a woman dressed in her wedding gown lost her life on the staircase Jeez. There were candles on the stairs when the bride was walking up no. to them, when suddenly her dress caught fire. In a panic, she tripped and fell down the stairs, dying from a broken neck. Yeah. Jeez, that's a bad way to go. No wonder she's haunting the place. She's like, on my wedding day. <laughs> that's so sad. No, I would be so mad. I'd be like, you're joking, her. right? I'd haunt that place forever. I would, I'll bring her an offering when we go, be like, I'm so sorry. That sucked. <laughs> bring her, like, a little charcuterie board. Yeah. Here you go, ma'am. Here's a wedding gift. I'm sorry. <laughs> Many people have reported seeing her ghost in a full wedding gown, often dancing in the ballroom. Guests That's and staff so have, in some cases, witnessed the flames from her dress as she dances. <gasps> 
Others have seen the woman on the staircase. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. The girl on fire. Yeah. Emily and I are very Hunger Games driven right now. Yes, we are. It's our special interest at the moment. Yeah. Like, it came back around. Like, I restarted the first book. I don't know if I told you. No, I wanted to, but I didn't want to buy all the books again. So I just started watching the movies. Well, we, like, have them. So I've been procrastinating reading our book club books. So that's what I've been reading. (laughs) Well, I literally finished the fourth one this week. But I already finished the... Because I was like, this is homework. I'm going to get it done. (laughs) Anyways. Anyway. Um, Staff members have also reported strange noises coming from their bridal suite, even when the suite's vacant. Ooh. Spooky. But, like, out of the places that you could haunt, slay. Yeah. Good for her. Haunt it. Live there. Have fun. Like, I would rather haunt here than, like, a bridge or, like, a basement. Or, like, just the woods. Yeah. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, so the next one is the Bellman. Sam McCauley is perhaps the most popular of all the Banff Springs ghosts. He was a Bellman at the hotel in the 60s to the 70s. However, not much is known about how or where he died. His spirit is said to haunt the hotel to this day. He's been known to appear in his 1960s uniform, carrying, helping guests enter locker rooms, turning on lights, or helping carrying bags. He's often witnessed on the ninth floor and will vanish if you try to start a conversation or attempt to tip him. <laughs> it's like, leave me alone. He's like, I'm just the help. Like, don't leave talk to me. Leave me alone. Um, so these next two stories came from Reddit. Ooh. Because Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, the link will be in the description, but this one came from Skin890, spelled S-I-K-K-N. Mm. <laughs> uh... I work nights, uh, well, let me restart. I work nights there and did various things. The popular stories are not true, but I believe there is activity there. I have seen some things that cannot be explained. One night I was polishing a brass railing that goes up the stairs to the men's washroom besides the ruddle lounge. The washroom door opened a bit and slammed. I thought it was my staff playing a joke, so myself and the security guard that did the rounds with me went and looked. No one was in there. My team was at the other end of the Spanish walk. It wasn't just me that saw this happen. No one would have been able to do this unless they were inside the washroom. We had a clear view of the door, and there were inky four steps down from it. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Another night, I was in the ninth floor tower with the night FDM checking the same rooms. We were both in a larger room doing a check, and we heard kids laughing in the hall. This was at 1 a.m. Ew. Uh, we'd heard a faint knock on the door and the laughing. FDM opens the door and there is no one there. The whole tower was blocked out for special guests, so no one was on any of the floors. I don't like it. We had the elevator locked, so unless you had a manager key card, you were not getting up there. The fire exit you could you can't get to into from the hallways. The doors lock on the inside, forcing you to go down to the main level. Other small things have happened, but those are the most memorable. Sorry, that was written really weird. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, And this next one is from McDavid Shady. I was doing drywall work at Fairmount Banff about 12 years ago. We had heard several unexplained phenomena at our time there. Tales of the massive shadow wolf that can be found on the outskirts of the golf course during a full moon. Stories of the reaper-like spirit that writes the doors. Hold on. (laughs) Yes, there's a werewolf. And of course it would be in Canada. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
sorry. Is this Harry Potter? What is going on? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'll let you talk. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was trying to get through that without laughing. Uh. <laughs> I want to see a picture of it. Same. Uh, and then there are stories of a reaper-like spirit that rides a horse-drawn carriage through the old trails connecting with the hotel grounds. Slay. That's so cool. Yeah. We laugh most of these off like anyone would, but then we had several creepy events happen to us during the month we stayed at the Fairmount. Some were truly horrifying and I don't care to revisit. Others, not so much. I'll share one of these experiences with you. When replacing a wall on the fourth floor, my boss found an entire hotel suite completely boarded off from the main hotel. Still decorated in what appeared to be 1950s decor, like it was frozen in time. It was a big, beautiful corner room overlooking the property. And apparently there was something faintly written in blood or lipstick on the bathroom mirror. This is about all my boss shared with us, but we suspected he was hiding something as he seemed shook. When he looked at the room from the exterior of the hotel, the windows looked like they were frosted over or glazed with smoke like there had been a fire. The manager told him that the area of the hotel was shut down a long time ago, and to board the room back up it was like it was, so he did. Later that night, when we were walking home from the bar, we noticed that the lights were on in that room. It looked like a party was happening. We could hear music. We could see only silhouettes from the outside. So we went to where the room should be inside the hotel on the fourth floor, just out of curiosity to see if we could hear anything. And there's no door, just a long, dark, empty hallway past where the other hotel rooms are. We could hear faint laughter and maybe like glasses chiming in some music. The song sounded like Lavender Moon by... Haralua Rose? I'm not sure how to say that, so I'm sorry. I almost thought it, I was losing my mind at this moment. We knew this room was inaccessible as it was boarded off and there was no door. It was one of the creepiest experiences of my life. That was our last night at the Fairmont. I personally wouldn't stay again, and some things are just better left untouched. I still want to go. That's Same. cool. I want to experience like, that. very much like Shining vibes. Yeah. The Canadian Shining. Yeah, but like... But better. Yeah. <laughs> Peace and love. Like your husband doesn't try to kill you. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh-huh. I don't... Is it weird that that's not, that's not a scary ghost story to me? No. Like, I'd like it's to experience that. It's definitely weird. It's so weird. But like... A lot worse things have happened. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna get into the missing room. Ooh. At least one of the band's springs supposedly... Supposed ghostly guest is said to haunt the missing room of 873 on the 8th floor. So it's the different floor, but still a missing room. Because mm-hmm. apparently people just built what they wanted just, to build. Yeah. And then boarded things up. Yeah. According to hotel lore, a man, while staying with his wife and young daughter in room 873, murdered his family before committing suicide. As the story goes, the spirit of the young girl, and in some versions, the spirit of her mother, never left the room. Guests who stayed in the room after the subsequent investigation and cleanup reported being awoken in the night by violent shrieks, and chambermaids who routinely cleaned the room would report finding bloody fingerprints on the bathroom mirror that could not be washed off. <laughs> right? There's a, again, oh my gosh, uh-huh. so like, we can't even get it off with Windex. This <laughs> yeah. is ridiculous. In spite of this, some say the ghost or ghost of room 873 still haunts the vicinity of this room today. This one was actually debunked. I wanted to be very apparent about that. Really? So people think it's missing, quote unquote, because like the room numbers, it'll jump from like 72 to 74. Yeah. But it's because 
one of the rooms absorbed 73 oh to make like, like a larger suite it. yeah gotcha that's why the number's missing gotcha so it's they, not that deep yeah they debunked it but i still like the idea of a still a cool story, story. Mm-hmm. the last thing is the haunted mirror on the second floor just up the stairs and close to the northern entrance there's a ladies powder room a bathroom facility that also has gracious sitting area for guests to relax, powder their noses, That's and loosen so their corsets. Right? On one wall room. hangs an attractive mirror, a replacement for a larger piece that used to adorn the space. It, it is rumored that the hotel management deemed it necessary to remove the original mirror after there were too many reported incidents of strange reflections within its depths. Guests claim to have seen another person reflected back in an empty room, or a face staring back at them that wasn't their own. It was known, it's not known what became of the mirror, but the powder room still retains a fairly mysterious atmosphere. Interesting. Spooky. Spooky. I don't like haunted mirrors, though. That is one thing I do not like. It's terrifying. That bugs me. Yeah, but I think it's fun. (laughs) Sounds like a lovely place, honestly. I want to go to there. I want to go to there. I want to live there. I also want to live there. It's so pretty. Yeah, look at the inside. I will for sure um, post a picture on our Instagram. Yeah, it's beautiful. Or you can just look it up too because... Yes. Stunning. I will at least post the outside. Yeah. Pretty. Anyways. Oh, it's kind of sad that it's so modern inside yeah there are some spots that like or like the the rooms, the rooms look, look more modern the rooms yeah. look super modern which i guess makes sense <gasps> that pool is so cool yeah i know slay they have like the little courtyard that like overlooks like the forest and that's where most people Ooh. have their wedding ceremonies okay i see this is one of the ballrooms i think that's still like original looking i like that yeah like they kept like like, the main entrances entrances and stuff, yeah. like, the same. But, like, of course, they'd modernize the rooms a bit, because... Yeah, I get that. It's still a luxurious, like, getaway. I don't know. I kind of, like... That's one of the reasons why I like the, um... The hotel in Flagstaff. Because it's still very... Uh... Like... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kept it very much the same. Uh-huh. From what I can tell. And I like that. Yeah. I like old places. I like it, too. But, like, I understand why they would. For sure. I understand why they would. It's just. Oh, fine. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you all so much for joining us for this shorter episode this week. Mm-hmm. Um, remember to rate, comment, review, subscribe wherever you listen. Also, uh, last week we didn't mention this because the episode was pre-recorded, but... Our Spotify wrapped came out and we posted it on our story. Don't know if you guys saw. Uh-huh. But thank you all so much for listening this yeah. year. We've had a crazy amount of support this year uh-huh. for us. A lot of growth. Mm-hmm. And we really appreciate you guys. Like one of the stats was over 50% of our listeners this year were new. Yeah, which is and that's crazy. crazy. So thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. Um, remember to follow us on Instagram to see whenever we upload, post stuff, Mm -hmm. um, and remember to plug in your heating pads, take your meds, and stay spooky. Stay spooky. Goodbye. Goodbye!